0: Well, good evening, everybody. This is Pastor Darren Sluter from Briley Chapel, welcoming you to uh, our Wednesday podcast. Thank you for joining us. This evening, I want to talk to you a little bit about the 41st Psalm. So if you have a copy of God's Word, whether you have a uh, actual Bible in print or you have an actual Bible electronically, it doesn't matter. If you would, join me in the 41st Psalm. And this is a Psalm of David. It says, Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The word poor here uh, actually means helpless or powerless. So you can read it like uh, this. Blessed is he who considers the helpless, or blessed is he who considers the powerless. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Verse 2 says, The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. I like that. That sounds good to me. And then it continues, though, and it says, And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. And that's a good thing. So just because you consider the poor, you're the helpless and the powerless, the Lord's going to deliver you out of trouble. He'll preserve you and keep you alive, and you'll be blessed in the earth. And you will not be delivered up to your own enemies. I I do like that. That's a great promise of God. Verse 3 says, The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. And so, the Lord said, Even if you get sick, I will take care of you. I like that too. There's a lot of people today that are sick. Not necessarily with the coronavirus, the COVID-19, but some with the flu, and right now, because of the season that we're in, some with just allergies that it makes them sick. Verse 4 says, I said, Lord, be merciful to me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. My enemies speak evil of me. When will he die and his name perish? That's pretty pretty stout language here from David. When will my enemy die and his name perish or die away? Verse 6. And if he comes to see me, he speaks vain words. His heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. Now the word vain here is empty. He speaks empty words and his heart gathers iniquity to itself. When he goes out, he tells it. All who hate me, verse 7, all who hate me whisper together against me. You ever had people tell stories about you behind your back? Against me they devised my hurt. Devised is plotted. They have plotted my hurt. An evil disease, they say, clings to him. And now that he lies down, he will rise up no more. What they're saying to him is, look... He is sick, some evil disease has got him, and he's not going to live. He's going to die. And that's what his enemies are saying against him. And then look at verse 9. Even my own familiar friend in whom I've trusted, whom I've ate bread with, has lifted up his heel against me. How many of us have had friends that, when all hell broke loose in our life and things began to disintegrate? Not only has everyone else left you, but your very best friends left you too hey you're not the only one king david right here is saying the exact same thing he even had his best friend he said this guy even ate at my table he was my own familiar friend and whom i trusted and he said he even lifted his heel against me he's just turned around and he's walked away and turned his back on david there's no one there so then he turns around to the lord in verse 10 and says but you O lord be merciful to me and raise me up, that I may repay them. By this I know that you are well pleased with me, because my enemy does not triumph over me. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity. You set me before your face forever. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen, he says. What a great psalm. It's It's uh, got some tough words in it because, you know, You're asking here, he's asking the Lord, why don't you kill these people? And I don't know about you, but have you ever thought that away? Have you ever thought, well, why in the world does this person even keep on breathing for? And that's a bad thing to think, isn't it? But David, you know, thought the same thoughts that you and I think. The same thoughts. Many fathers have rebellious sons, but few have sons who... Hate them as bitterly as Absalom hated David. <clears throat> the root of that hatred ran very deep, all the way to the cold blooded murder of Bathsheba's husband Uriah, whom David had killed, you know. In his plea, blessed is he who considers the poor, in, in 41.1, David here is not referring to the financially poor, but he's literally referring to the helpless. David, the mighty man who tackled a lion and tackled a bear in, in uh, hand-to-hand combat, he, he grabbed the, the lion by its beard and its mouth and just ripped it to pieces. He was a fierce warrior who killed Goliath, uh, the king who, who raised the children of he- the Hebrew children from a dozen squabbling tribes into a, an international power. He, he put all these tribes together. He languished helplessly, though, consumed by a fatal disease. What was that disease? The disease was sin. Verse 3 and 4 tells you. This disease was sin, which destroyed his health, destroyed his family, and destroyed his dreams. You know, sin will always do that if you let it go in your life. If you let sin linger and you continue to not get it under the blood of Jesus, you continue to, to let it rise, you continue to let it go, sin will kill you. The Bible says the wages of sin is is death. Not only does it kill you physically, but it also kills you even worse, spiritually. And he had family that he lost. He had friends that he lost. And all of his dreams began to fall apart. And here he was, the king of Israel. And God loved him, though. But he made a lot of mistakes. David was actually a horrible father. David didn't take care of the problem with Absalom. He didn't take care of the problem with Absalom because he didn't take care of the problem with Tamar, his daughter who got raped by by her half-brother. He didn't take care of that. Matter of fact, he didn't do anything. And it made Absalom mad, so Absalom killed his uh, his half-brother. And David didn't do anything else. and, And Absalom... Really wanted David to do something about it, but for two years David kept silent. David wouldn't even talk to him. So Absalom decided he would have his own uprising. While David's sin was forgiven, there's still consequences. You understand, just because you take your sin, excuse me, just because you take your sin. And you ask God to forgive you. Yes, you are forgiven. But you realize you have consequences for your choices. You realize you're still going to have to pay for those. You're still going to have to pay for those consequences. And David did likewise. The consequences followed him as a bloodhound follows a wounded animal. Because of his sin, David couldn't condemn Absalom's conspiracy or even Amnon's rape over his own half-sister, David's daughter. That's in 2 Samuel 13, uh, by the way. Absalom, the son who wants to aid at David's table, was joined by a growing number of people that began to speak against David. He, he began to have his own uprising. And David wrote in verse 7, All who hate me whisper. And that's a unique word. All who hate me whisper. Who is a whisperer? A whisperer is a mean-spirited coward who never faces the person that he assassinates with his words, he has a toxic tongue. And there's a lot of Christians, so-called Christians today, running around with a toxic tongue, crucifying other people behind their back. The Whisperer is cruel because he can spread lies and half-truths under the banner of, well, they say that so-and-so, or they say, did you hear about so-and-so? Without confrontation of so-and-so, in verse 8, the Whisperer can be a member of a church, a social circle, or even found in your own inner circle of friends and family. Even Jesus went through that. Look at who betrayed Him. One of His top 12 that He picked walked away and betrayed Him and sold Him out. The whisper destroys friendships. It divides churches. It devastates marriages and homes. Tears up families. Any leader of a church or a business or or community has an Absalom in their life who will be in their inner circle pretending to be loyal and are not. David had Absalom who, who died hanging from a tree. Jesus had Judas who hung himself. Paul had Demas who who left him, who walked in the fires of hell, the Bible said, and God and Satan had Satan, who uh, who was a traitor, in his own inner circle. Satan was this great worship leader. He had a set of pipes on him, man. I mean, the dude was absolutely amazing. But pride got to him and he said, you know, I will send above God's throne. You know, the head of God's worship in heaven betrays him. And not only betrays him, but walks out of heaven with a third of the created angels along with him. Wow, what a betrayal. What a betrayal. And you know, sometimes when we get betrayed, we think we're the only ones that's ever been betrayed. But you know what? Even God and Jesus both were betrayed by those type of people. So you're not alone, my friend. You're not alone. The Bible's method for dealing with a whisperer is this. Now, This is hard. This is a hard thing to do. But listen, it's to confront him or her about what they're saying to determine if what they're saying is true. Say, hey, I heard you've been talking about me. What have you been saying? What have you been, or maybe you already know what they're saying. But of course, you could have heard rumor as well, and they may never have said that either. So it's his word against your word or her word against your word. And so it's very hard to determine what the other person said unless you actually hear them. But you do have to confront them. Typically, let's say I did not say that. But, you know, they may not have either. It could be a rumor about them. But you've got to confront them and ask them if what they're saying is true. And, it, and if it is, then seek restoration. If not, then just ask them to stop. And if we hear someone whispering, just confront them. Say, you know what? I'm not going to be a part of the rumor mill. The the rumor stops here with me. Don't sit there and tell me about brother so-and-so. You don't need to tell me about what sister so-and-so's doing. Just stop the rumor mill right here. If everybody would just stop the rumor mill, we wouldn't have divided churches today. We wouldn't have splits. We wouldn't have half the people against the pastor and the other half the people for the pastor. It wouldn't happen. You wouldn't happen, it wouldn't happen in your life if you would have those people around you just look at them and st- tell them, Stop it, I'm not going to listen to this garbage. If you're going to talk about someone behind their back, they're going to talk about you too. You know that, don't you? If they're going to come to you with a story about someone behind their back, they're going to carry a story from you to somebody else as well. So they cannot be trusted. So we need to confront them, demand that he faced the person that he's talking about. We must never let a whisperer walk away. Never. The damage that they can do is immeasurable in terms of destroyed reputations, broken hearts, hurt feelings. I mean, it can tear people apart with a toxic tongue. And it could not even be true. Some of these rumors that are flying around about people are not true. And you know what has happened years ago. I can remember doing this and. Third or fourth grade, I can't remember exactly what the grade was, but the teacher would start at the head of the class at one of the desks, and she would walk up and she would whisper a small sentence to somebody at that desk. And then they would turn to their neighbor and whisper that sentence to the next person, and to the next person, and then to the next person, and on and on and on and on and on until it got to the last person. And then the last person would stand up and repeat what the teacher said. You know what typically happened, don't you? A lot of things got added, a lot of things got changed, and by the time the story got to the last person going through 20 plus students, it wasn't even really remotely what the teacher said. It had a little bit of truth to it, but 90% of it was absolute garbage. That's what happens with rumors. By the time it goes through several people, The story's changed. It's typically ad-libbed to get more juicy or, or more dirty or, you know what I'm saying, more illegal, whatever it would be. People add to it, and it just makes it worse and worse and worse. You have to stop it, and you do that through confrontation. Don't whisper about others. Don't carry tales. Don't say anything like that. Instead, shout about the saving power of the blood of Jesus. Shout about His healing power and what He's doing in your life and the hope that His presence gives you. Shout about what Jesus has done for you. Whisper to people about what Jesus has done for you. Not what everybody else is telling you. Stop carrying tales. Begin telling the truth. Don't carry tales. If you're one of those whispers tonight, you need to repent. If you're one of those whispers, you need to repent and ask God to forgive you, and you need to stop doing it. That's what repent means. Repent means to stop what you're doing and go the other direction. It doesn't mean to continue. Oh, it's okay, 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what? Stop using 1 John 1, 9 as a crutch. Own up to your issues. Stop saying the Lord will forgive you over and over and over again. Because you know what? When you continue to do something over and over and over again and expecting different different results, that really is the definition of ignorance. It really is. So stop it. Don't do it. Turn around. Turn the other direction. Stop what you're doing. Start telling people about how God's done great things for you, what Jesus has done for you. You know, even people who are, who are Holy Ghost-filled people, Spirit-filled people, acting and operating in the Spirit can get sucked up into this type of uh, a whispering, this tale-bearing, this storytelling. Stop it. It's not fitting of a good Christian. It's not fitting of a good Christian. You need to stop and repent. Stop the whisper. How do you do that? Just don't do it. You stop it by putting a cork in it. You just stop it. You could just quit carrying the tails. Someone comes to you and says, hey, did you know about sister so-and-so? She's seeing blah, 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 blah. Just don't carry the tail no more. Don't turn around to someone else and say, oh, did you hear about sister so-and-so? Just don't say it. Just keep it to yourself and shut your mouth. Sometimes it's best just to keep your mouth shut that's hard for a lot of us to do I understand that but if you want to stop the drama in your life you want to stop all the nonsense stop the whispering and if you're not the whisperer you're to confront a whisperer and say you know what without that person here to defend himself I can't believe this story so just stop it you know after you say that a time or two to different people they won't even bother telling you any stories anymore and that's good Because you don't need to know them anyway. It doesn't matter. Seek the truth in all things. Seek the truth. God preserves the helpless and He dislikes whisperers. Seek the truth in all things, child. Thank you for listening tonight. I so appreciate it. If you like it, let me know. Let me know what you think about it. Give me a thumbs up or enjoyed it or whatever, let me know. We appreciate it. We love you. Let me pray for you. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you so much for what we can get out of this little psalm. And Father God, through tail bearing, it can tear down a mighty mess. We know, Father God, that your word in the book of James tells us that the tongue can kindle a great big forest fire, that it can even tear down some of the mightiest fortresses. And Father God, we need to learn to control our tongue and stop whispering and telling tales. Father God, we need to begin to speak the truth. Help us, Father God, not to be the whisperer. Help us, Father God, to stop the whisperer, Father God, if we hear someone whispering about something else. We can be the ones to stop the drama. We can be the ones to stop the cruelty. We can be the ones to stop the whisperer. And Father God, right now I pray for the leaders of this nation. I pray for wisdom for each and every one. I pray, Father God, that you guide them during this this unprecedented time. I pray for the leaders of our state and our local area as well. Likewise, give them wisdom from on high how to deal with this COVID-19 virus and this state of emergency that we're in. And Father God, as people are getting restless, I pray that you bring calmness and peace to their lives so that they wouldn't be restless, that they would continue to do what's necessary to save lives. And Father God, we're still having church, just in a different form. I thank you, Father God, for showing us different ways to do things. I thank you for the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to do these things, Father God. And Lord, I pray for healing for every person under the sound of my voice tonight. I pray, Father God, you touch their bodies, heal them, Father God, from whatever ails them. Lord, you made us, you knit us together in our womb, in in our mother's womb, and so if you put us together, you surely know how to fix us. So, Father God, we're asking you to restore, to fix us, Father God. And I speak peace and I speak comfort to each and every one under the sound of my voice. Lead us and guide us, Father God. Give us your wisdom and strength. In Jesus' name I pray and ask it all. Amen. God bless you, my friend. We'll talk with you next time.